Welcome to another podcast from Faith Baptist Church of Gulfport, Mississippi. Recorded Wednesday evening, August 2nd, 2023. The song special for this evening's service is by Rebecca McFadden singing Redeeming Love. Tonight's sermon is preached by Pastor Dan Carr Sr. and is titled Some Great Examples, Part 2. He's preaching it out of the text of 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 verses 1 to 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verses 1 to 10. We hope that tonight's message brings you closer to the will of God. Thank you for listening, and God bless. Of God is greater far.
All right, if you have your Bibles, 1 Thessalonians chapter number 1, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, uh, we kind of introduced a message to you last Wednesday night. Uh, we did not finish. We will not finish tonight as well, but uh, next Wednesday night, the Lord will, will finish. This is not really a series, just a few messages on a thought, and then uh, we're going to probably go a different total direction for a little while on Wednesday night. We'll see, okay? Uh, 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter number 1. If you're able, if you're there tonight, why don't we go ahead and stand and I'll read out loud. You can just follow. And uh, last week I read the chapter. I'm just going to read uh, kind of the text verse and then we'll go to Corinthians as well. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. And look at verse 7. So that you were examples to all that believe in Macedonia in a chariot. Okay, so Paul's writing uh, to the church at Thessalonica that he had started on his second missionary journey. Uh, we don't know exactly how long Paul stayed there. Uh, at least three weeks for sure. Some say uh, a little longer. But he established this church. And it became a good church. And so Paul said about them, so that you were what? Examples uh, to all that believe in, in Macedonia and Acheria. So they, they became, uh, the word example means a pattern or a copy or a model. These dear Christians became a good model uh, for others to follow. Do you see that? Okay, now with that thought in mind, go to 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter uh, number 10, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 10, really quick here, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 10, and, and look at verse 6, okay? Now these things were our what? Examples. To the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. So you kind of look in the Bible, you can see different things, different people uh, that are mentioned for our example today. Somebody says, you know, what, what does that have to do with me 4,000 years ago or 2,000 years ago? It's got a lot to do with us, for we can learn. Yeah. And so those things are written for our examples. Look over quickly there at verse 11. Now all these things happen unto them for what? For examples, and they are written for, I, for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. So these things happen and they're recorded. They're written for us. They're written for us. And so we're, we're just kind of taking a few. We could go forever with the thought, but just some great examples. I'm going to just really hit really fast the one we looked at last week. We started another one. We didn't finish. We're going to finish him up. I want to introduce to you another one. Try to finish that tonight and then introduce you to one next Wednesday night, okay? Father, we love you tonight. In these next few moments, we pray and beg and plead for your help. Thank you for your word and how uh, these things, Lord, are recorded. Uh, Lord, to help us today. And uh, Lord, we can learn from uh, their mistakes. And Lord, we can get encouragement. We can get correction. Uh, there's just a lot here uh, that you can help us with. And so I pray now tonight you'd help us. Father, we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. We pray and ask it all. Amen. If we're in my Sunday school class, you'd be seated. I would ask you, you know, who, who was the, who, who did we look at last week, okay? I want you to go to Romans chapter 4. I, I'll not do you that tonight. But uh, the great example we looked at last week was Abraham. 
We looked at Abraham, and there's a specific area that we looked at Abraham that he was a great example in, in a lot of areas, but we just taken one area. Okay, so look at Romans chapter number 4, and, and look at verse 20. He staggered not uh, at uh, the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. This was talking about Abraham, and being fully persuaded uh, that what he had promised he was uh, able also to perform. And therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him. Now watch verse 24. But for us also. Do you see that? But for us also to whom it shall be imputed if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord uh, from the dead. So what the Bible tells us here that Abraham is a great example of faith. Do you see that? Uh, it, this, this was written for us. Uh, about Abraham's faith. And so we looked at that. We saw that Abraham was saved by faith. We saw that Sarah had to, and they had a child uh, in their old age by faith. We see that Abraham left not knowing where he was going in Genesis 12 uh, by faith. We see that he was willing to offer up Isaac uh, for a sacrifice uh, by faith. And then the real, the root of the message was, okay, so we're looking at Abraham it's recorded for us. He's an example of great faith in the Bible. So, so how, how can I have greater faith? And so we, we looked at where his faith lied, okay? We found out, okay, Abraham's faith. Look at chapter 4, verse 21. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Abraham's faith was here, here's where it lied. Abraham believed whatever God said he would do, that he could do it and that he would do it. Do you see that? What God promised, he would, he would keep his word and he would perform uh, his word. So we, we looked at that, okay? And so we talked about that. And by the way, we have just as much a promise to us today that Abraham had back then. You say, well, where's the God gave me any promise? He had a lot of promises. Somebody said there's 32,000 of them in the Bible, so you should be able to find a couple that's for you, right? Sure, sure. And, uh, but listen to this, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. So you and I have promises today, and this is where our faith should be. It should be in God's promises. Put our faith in man. We're not putting our faith in a religion or denomination, but putting our faith in a person. And that person is Jesus Christ. Do you see that? So we cover that uh, already. Now, go to James chapter 5. i got to hurry. James, I really don't have to hurry. If I don't finish, I just don't finish, and we'll do another week of it, okay? And uh, so just calm down, brother Carl. Okay, I will. All right. And uh, James chapter 5, but I, I, got, I got another series I want to start as well. And uh, I hadn't ran out of sermons yet. Nearly 40 years of preaching, Bible's full of them, amen? And I won't live long enough to get to all of them, all right? And uh, look at James chapter number 5, uh, the book of James chapter number 5. And uh, now we went to another one, okay? We went to another example, James chapter 5, and look at verse 10. Take my brother, the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for what? For an example. That's what we're looking at. See that? For an example... Uh, of suffering, affliction, and of patience. 
Okay? Uh, Behold, we count them happy which endure. You have heard of the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. That word pitiful, we use it like, you know, he's pitiful, okay? Uh, In the Bible, it means full of compassion. It means to be tender, okay? God was full of compassion. God was very tender toward Job and all that he was going through. So Abraham was a great example of faith. Job is a great example of suffering. Okay, so uh, you got a book in your Bible called Job, the book of Job, okay? And uh, he, he is held up in the scriptures, He is held up in the scriptures. Abraham is held up in the scriptures as a man of great faith. Job, Job had great faith, though he slayed me, yet will I trust him. Job had great faith. But Job is more held up in the scriptures as a man who suffered a lot. Okay, and and what was the key? How how could a man lose 10 children, bury all 10 children, not get bitter, not get angry, not not say, God, I'm done with you, and, 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 and say, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. How, how could that be? Well, what were some keys there of, uh, of Job's life, okay? Uh, we'll show you that here in a minute, but let me give you these three thoughts uh, we already covered. Number one, Job was unaware of God and Satan's con- uh, conversation. We, we all know it. I say the word all, as most of you here know, if you read the book of Job, that God brought up Job in conversation, has thou considered my servant Job? You know, what, what, where you been lately? And the devil said, walking to and fro on the earth. And, uh, and the, Lord, the Lord brought up Job, said, has thou considered my servant Job? And, and undoubtedly the devil probably had looked, because the devil said, uh, yeah, he said, thou hast made a hedge about him. So how did he know there was a hedge about him if he ain't took a look at it? Are you with me? But, but Job didn't know none of this was going on. Okay, Job suffered even though he was a great man. And sometimes we get the idea, if I get in church, grow so much, become a great Christian, that, that, that you're going to always have troubles and trials your whole life. Now, isn't that encouraging? I mean, there's nothing like a Wednesday night getting encouraged. The preacher said, you're going to have problems your whole life. Woohoo! But somebody needs to be honest with you. You know, somebody needs to tell it, you know, straight. I don't care how, how much you grow and how great of a Christian, how much you pray, would your Bible go to church? There's always going to be problems and heartaches. It's just going to, that's life. Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve messed all of that up, okay? It's called life. Uh, Job suffered even though he was doing right. Job was doing right. He was. God said he was, okay? And he still suffered. Now, let's just break it down. Let's some lessons for us. So we know that Job is an example of suffering. We know that because the Bible says that James, we're in James 5 and, and verse 11. Can I go back and read those two verses again? Because I, I want you to see it, okay? It's fun when you read the Bible and you, and you see it. You say, you know, this ain't the preacher's opinion. The Bible does say that. You know, it does say that. Now look at verse 10 again. Take my brethren, the prophets. Now, he didn't list any of the prophets, but we know a lot of the prophets of the Old Testament did suffer. Right? Who has spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering, affliction, and of patience. 
Behold, we count them happy which endure. You've heard of the patience of Job. So he threw out there the, the, the prophets, but he, he didn't list any of them. He just said the prophets uh, for an example for us today. But then he did specifically mentions Job. You see that? Not, and it may be that uh, for us today, I mean, there's very few that you can name that probably suffered more than Job. I'm not saying there's not any, but I mean, you, you, you're, you're a high level when you suffer like Job suffered. Wife tells you to kill yourself. You know, once you curse God and die, just get, get done with it. You lose all your children. You lose your wealth. You lose everything. Your health fails you. It's all gone. Okay? So let me just pick out just really fast or show you some lessons from Job's suffering. Number one, you will be happy if you stay patient in your suffering. Now, what do, what, do, what do we learn from Job? What, what is the example? The example is when everything fell apart in his life, he was patient. Ye have heard of the patience of Job. Job was patient, okay? Look at James chapter 5 again. And this is where so many Christians, we overreact. We overreact when things fall apart in our lives, whether it's our marriage or, or whatever it might be. Sometimes we overreact when a problem comes our way. What we need to do in suffering is be patient. Be patient. Job was patient. That's what, that's what the Scriptures is holding him up as an example of, of someone who's suffering greatly. But, but what, what is the key element here to learn? One of the key elements is he was patient. He was patient. Look at it. Take my brother, I'm sorry, verse 11. Behold, we count them happy, which what? Which endured. Notice the period there. So you're going to be happy. When things start going bad and fall apart, at the end of it, when you get through it and get to the other side and you look back, you're going to be happy that you stayed with God. I'm telling you, these people that quit, suffering comes when they bail out, and, and then that storm kind of fades away and a new one comes. So they're going to look back and think, man, I should have just stayed with it. I should have just stayed. I should have been patient, okay? Number one, you will be happy. The Bible says, behold, we count them happy, uh, which endure. You're going to be happy that you, that you were patient in your tribulation. Number two, you see the end is better than the beginning. You see, the end is better than the beginning. It says, you have heard uh, of the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord. Do you see that phrase? You see the end of the Lord. So if you're reading the book of Job, you don't want to stop at the first two chapters. You want to read the whole 42 chapters. And then you see the end of Job, and you see the blessings of God upon Job's life. Go to the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 7. There's some lessons for me and you. Number one, you're going to be happy that you stayed patient in your suffering. Number two, you see the end is better than the beginning. book of Job starts off pretty rough, but boy, it ends pretty good. It ends pretty good. Now, look at Ecclesiastes, uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 7, and look at verse 8. Ecclesiastes 7, verse 8. Better is the end of a thing than the what? Than the beginning. You know, this Christian life is going to end a lot better than maybe where it is right now. 
And, and what they did to Jesus, the end's going to be a lot better. I'm, I'm just telling this thing's going to end pretty good. He's going to come back and he's going to rule and reign. I mean, it is going to be a happy ending for us who are saved. So you see that in the book of Job. Go back to James chapter number five. Number one, you'll be happy that you stayed patient in your suffering. Number two, you see the end is better than the beginning. Look at it. It says it very clearly. James five. I want you to see it again. Then we'll make our third point, make a some more application. Behold, we count them happy which endure. Ye have heard of the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord. Do you see that? Ye have seen the end of the Lord. That the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. So you, you look at the end of the story of Job and you see the compassion and the tenderness of God on, on the life of Job. You see that? And so we learned that lesson, okay? Number three, you see the Lord's compassion and mercy. You see the Lord's compassion and mercy. So let's see if we can get some insights from Job's suffering. Okay, three more points. Go with me, if you would, to the book of Job, chapter 42. So we know, according to the Bible, that Job is held up as one who suffered but remained patient. Okay? Let's go to the book of Job and look at chapter 42. Job chapter 42. Let's look at a few more insights from Job. Let's look at Job 42 and look at verse 1. Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that thou canst do anything and that no thought can be withholden from thee. Who is he that hideth counsel without knowledge? Therefore have I uttered that I understood not. Things too wonderful for me which I knew not. Here I beseech thee, and I will speak. I will demand of thee and declare on, unto me. I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eye seeth thee. Look at verse 6. Wherefore I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. In Job's suffering, there's three things that Job learned. Number one, Job learned some things about himself. I said Job learned some things about himself. In verse 6, he says, I abhor myself and repent and dust and ashes. There's no doubt that Job was a great Christian. There's no doubt about that, but Job learned some things about himself. Do you know when you come to church and I'm up preaching right now, you know, we, uh, you can't kind of tell where everybody is. You, you can't really tell where people are. Sometimes you may not even quite tell where you are. I'm not talking about salvation. I'm talking about in your spiritual life, your spiritual growth. And a lot of times is we, we think we're pretty mature. We're, we're pretty spiritual until suffering comes. to the troubles come. And then it begins to reveal to us, you know what? I'm not nearly as spiritual as I thought I was. I am pretty spiritual when everything's going great. But when things turn and they begin to go bad, that's when I begin to find out for myself where I'm really at. You know, it, 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 it is, and Job was patient. It, it is funny, you think you're patient and you go to McDonald's 
and they take 10 seconds longer than what they should, and you immediately get a bad attitude and a bad spirit. You know, we're all in the room super great Christians till the suffering comes. That's when you find out where you are. That's when I find out where I am. Long as they, you know, we find out. Job found out some things about himself. I, I, I don't mean this ugly, but when COVID hit, when COVID hit, we begin to, it began to expose where a lot of people were. You know, we're talking, trust God, wave the hand, praise God. But boy, you, you found out where a lot of people kind of were. I found out where I was. We all got super great faith when it's never tested. When it's not tried. We're all great Christians. Boy, you just let a little thing happen in our lives. And son, people start cussing. They, they, get, they quit church. They, you know, they just don't read the Bible. ain't going to pray. They're just, you know, done with God. Just a little bit happens. You still with me tonight? Job learned more about himself. And by the way, it is a good thing when you learn stuff about yourself. That is always a good thing because when the mirror is, is, is showing yourself, now you can see the cracks. Now you can see the flaws. Now you know what areas you need to grow in. Because they expose us that. Watch this. Go to the book of Job, chapter 23. The book of Job, chapter 23. Now, Job was a great Christian, but number one, Job learned some things about himself. In Job chapter 23, and look at verse number 10 tonight. The Bible says, but he knoweth the way that I take. When he had tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Do you see that? Job admits that God is working some things out of his life. And you know the truth is, all of us has probably got some dross in our lives that God is working out. But here's my problem. I can see your dross. I got my degree in seeing other people's draws, but I don't see mine. I don't see mine sometimes. You know, I'm good at getting the beam out of somebody else's eye or the mole when there's a beam in mine. But when I suffer and I go through the trial, then God can, then I can see for myself. You know what? Pastor Carr needs to grow. Pastor Carr, you got some cracks here, buddy. Yes, sir, Lord. I see it now. Thank you. Thank you for showing me me. Sometimes it's mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the fairest of them all? Ain't you? <laughs> and it ain't me. It's kind of ugly to look in there sometimes, isn't it? But what exposes that? Suffering. Not a sermon is going to probably do that. Not a Wednesday night Bible study will probably do that. But men like the suffering come in our lives and that will begin to expose of where we are spiritually. Number one, Job learned some things about himself. Go back to Job chapter number 42. The book of Job 42, I love this. In Job chapter 42, look at verse 5. He said, I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear. Now, we all know that, that Job uh, had a relationship with God, but now mine eyes see it thee. I believe Job's uh, uh, level uh, of learning some things about God went to another level. Job said, I've heard of thee, but now my eyes see it thee. 
Not only did Job in his suffering, not only did he learn something about himself, but he learned some things about God. I don't know all that Job learned about God, but he learned some things about God. You know, when we go in our suffering, sometimes we begin to learn that, you know, God is faithful. God is long-suffering. God is merciful. God is good, okay? Job learned some things about God. By the way, anytime you can learn some things about God, that is a good thing. When I learn some things about God, that is a good thing. I'll tell you something I've learned about God in my Christian life is I don't know a lot about God. (laughs) I didn't touch that. His ways are higher than my ways. Things about God, I just, I don't have it figured out. A lot of it, sometimes it doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, of how God does things and allows things. And sometimes I'm like, God, it just, this doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, here's a man, as far as I can see, he's doing good. And, and, and you, you allow the devil to take 10 of his kids. And, and, you allow, and I, I would imagine Job is like, you know, God, here I am trying to do right. And, and you take my kids and this and all of that. That's where faith comes in. That's where trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. That's where Job said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. That's what Job said. I don't have God figured out. I I sit around listening to people sometimes and they're they're figuring it all out. They got all the answers. The older I get, I got more questions than I do answers. Oh, when I was a young preacher, I preached on marriage and child rearing. and Man, I had all the answers. But it all didn't work out the way I thought it would. So I got questions. Are you with me? But I'm going to leave all that to God. Job learned some things about God. Hey, Job learned some things about others. Go to Job chapter number 16. Job learned some things about others. You know, someone said the time of your need, the time of your suffering, you begin to find out who your friends are. You've heard the old story. We've all said it. You know, the, uh, that uh, prodigal son, when he you know, went in a far country and he had his bo- po- pockets full of money, he's blowing them by and everybody drinks and he's going in the coming. But buddy, when he ran out of money and he ended up in the hog pen, he found out who his friends were. It wasn't none of that crowd. You find out who your friends are when you really get down. Sometimes it's not who you think it was. Look at the book of Job, chapter 16. He said, then Job answered and said, I have heard many such things. Miserable comforters are ye all. Now, you know, I'm not being critical of Job's friends. At least they showed up. And they did sit there for seven days without opening their mouth. I mean, how many people you know have done that in your life? To stay with you for seven days and you're suffering. And I, they did do that. But Job, I, I mean, they, I, when they did open their mouth, they should have stayed closed. They basically said to Job, the only the wicked suffer like this. What did you do so bad that made God so mad to tear your heart up like this? Job, what happened? And Job's like, fellas, I don't have the answers. I don't know. I don't know. But, you know, sometimes you find out things about others. Can I get a witness there? 
in time of your need, okay? And so we'll stop there with Job. Let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 1. 1 Timothy chapter 1. I know my time. Uh, I, I think I can squeeze this one in. Uh, and Sunday morning's message is going to tie back in uh, to Job. And uh, so, not, not that I'm going to preach in, but uh, go, to, go to 1 Timothy chapter 1. So, Abraham was a great example of fate. Job was a great example of suffering. So, what is the lesson? Be patient in your suffering. Be patient in your suffering. Look at, uh, look at 1 Timothy chapter 1. Let's look at another example. 1 Timothy chapter number 1, and look at verse 15 quickly. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all exception, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save who? Of whom I am chief. Howbeit, for this cause I obtain mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all longsuffering for a what? For a what? For a pattern. Now watch this. This is an incredible thought. For a pattern to them which should hereafter believe. Did you get saved before Paul or after Paul? If you got saved before Paul, you're pretty old. <laughs> All of us here tonight got saved after Paul. So the Bible says that Paul is a pattern, a copy, for everybody that after Paul, he sets an example for all of us. So that would include me and you, right? He's a pattern. Watch it. Look at it again. The Bible says, How be it for this cause I obtain mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all longsuffering for a pattern to them. That's one of the definitions of the word example, a pattern, a copy. For a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. So very quickly, Paul is a great example in conversion. Abraham's a great example of faith. Job is a great example of suffering. Paul, the apostle, and he, we could use him as examples in other areas, but he's a great example when it comes to people being converted, being saved. What kind of person was Paul? What, what kind of, look, look what he said about himself. He said, for I am the chief of sinners. Of whom I am chief. You see that? What, what kind of vile, wicked, ungodly, you know, child molesting, uh, uh, cutting babies' heads off. Uh, what, what kind of ungodly person was him that he said he was the chief of sinners and those that get saved after him, that he is an example to them? And he must have been some kind of mean, bad wicked, vile, dirty, rotten of a person for God to hold him up as an example. He was a religious person. <laughs> he was a religious person. Uh, go with me, if you would, uh, to the book of Acts, chapter number 8. The book of Acts, quickly, the book of Acts, chapter number 8. The Bible says, And Saul was consenting unto his death, and at that time, he, he was, uh, was great persecution. Look at verse 3. And as for Saul, he made havoc of the church. 
We see that uh, chapter 9 in verse 1, and Saul yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went into the high priest and desired of him ladders to Damascus, to the synagogue, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bond unto Jerusalem. Paul was like a 2023 terrorist, a religious zealot going around killing Christians. He, he'd be the Osama bin Laden of the day. Now, but here, here, here is something that will encourage your heart. I, I got a lot here, and I'm, I'm sorry. But I, I do need to show you this. Go to Philippians 3. Let me show you this and make this connection. You, you're going to appreciate it. It's going to encourage you. If you got family loss, if you got loved ones, family loss, especially if they're religious. You know, some of the hardest people to reach is religious lost people. You know, and I'm not saying I'm right, but a lot of times when I knock doors, I run up on a Jehovah's Witness, I'll say, I did it last week. I asked the guy, I said, how long have you been a Jehovah's Witness? He said, 25 years. I said, all right, man, I'll see you later. I'm not saying I was right. I just said that's normally what I do. Okay? And it's convicting knowing what I'm about to say. Look at Philippians chapter 3. Watch this. Philippians chapter 3, look at verse 5. Circumcised, Paul talking about himself, circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel of the tribe of Benjamin in Hebrew of the Hebrews as touching the law a Pharisee. Concerning zeal, persecuting the church. What kind of person was Paul? He was a Pharisee. If you read Luke 18, you get a picture of the Pharisee fast twice a week, right? Gave tithes of all of prevails. Remember the Pharisees said, I thank God I'm not like this, you know, this publican. You remember him? I mean, he was a clean as a whistle. That was Paul. And he was zealous going about putting Christians to death. Why? He thought he was doing God a favor. What are the odds of that man ever getting saved? It'd be like trying to get a cardinal saved in the Catholic church. You know, somebody of that statue, what, what, would be, what would be the chance of that? Somebody that religious. But let me give you these thoughts and we'll make this and we'll close. Paul is saying in our verses, if God could save me and God could reach me, he can reach anybody else. Paul said, I'm the chief of sinners and, and God has, has used my life for a pattern for everybody else that hey, if God could reach the chief of sinners, he'd reach anybody. Isn't that encouraging? Paul is an example of God's grace. He's an example of God's grace. You see it there uh, in, in 1 Timothy chapter 1. And, and Paul said it in Corinthians, I am what I am by the grace of God. You know, we talk about amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Buddy, it was an amazing grace. Listen to what Paul said here in verse 14. In the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. That's 1 Timothy 1 verse 14. Hey, Paul was an example of God's mercy. Paul is an example of God's long-suffering. We often underestimate God's ability to save all people. We often become uneasy with different kinds of people if they're rich, if they're famous, if they're a politician, somebody, you know, that we figure up here, a doctor, a lawyer, we get intimidated. 
They need the gospel just like everybody else. And by the way, if they're going to get saved, they're going to get saved like everybody else. But here's the good news. Paul says if God can save me, this religious zealot who was going around killing Christians thought I was doing God a favor. If God can save me, he's a pattern. If God can convert me, if God can change me, he can change everybody else. Now, if you have a lost loved one, that ought to encourage you. Don't stop praying for them. Don't wash your hands. Don't give up on them that they, they'll never get saved and they'll never be reached. God can reach them. Paul is an example of that. Isn't that good? And so then next week, we'll give you this one for an example. I'm going to go ahead and give you the next character and you can be thinking on him. His name is Jesus. 1 Peter 2.21, For even hereunto were you called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example. Leaving us an example. But I'm going to take you a different path than what you're probably going to expect of what area... Now, Christ was an example at the top in every area. But there's a specific area that it will encourage you. That Christ was such an example for us in 2023. Okay, I'm telling you, it's going to be a direction about how Christ set an example for us today that I think will really be a help to you. Abraham, a great example of great faith. Job was a great example of, of uh, suffering, being patient in time of suffering. And Paul the Apostle was a great pattern, a great example of conversion. Oh, God could save sinners, even religious sinners. Isn't that good? But the ultimate of the ultimate is the Lord Jesus Christ. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed tonight. Thank you for listening to tonight's service. We hope you join us the next time. We hold services every Sunday morning at 11 a.m., every Sunday evening at 6 p.m., and every Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. We also hold Sunday school at 9.45 a.m. May the peace of God be with you until next time. God bless. Amen and amen.